Bonjour, and welcome to the Armature Detective Club. This club is exactly how it sounds. A bunch of amateurs talking about their favorite mysteries. So if you encounter a real mystery or a murder, contact the proper authorities. Do not come to us. We do not know what we are doing. But enjoy the program. Allons-y. Let us begin. I now call this meeting of the Amatory Detective Club to order my name is Twiston Miller, the Saucy Sleuth. I'm Melissa Mealy, the Spy. <laughs> I'm Tyler Riley, Cop and a Half. And I have to look up the copy for our... Uh, oh, Has it been you know, that long? Yeah, alright, number one. Um, you, you know Audible.com, you know them, you love them. Uh, we got a 30-day free trial membership for you. Go on audibletrial.com slash adcparty. You can take a look at all the great books they got there. Um, it's sliding <laughs> into Sydney, Australia. So um, you could go take a look at some of the great books I have, a wonderful selection. And the one I'd recommend uh, is The Murder of Roger Ackroyd, which is the book that uh, is this, this one's this episode's based off of. And uh, once again, that's uh, audibletrial.com slash adcpod, and you can get a free book on us and uh, have a go. That's... Close to what yeah. we say in the Audible ad normally. <laughs> uh, listen, I don't think they care. This is going to be the one uh, episode they listen to. I'm like, oh, okay. sorry. Jeff Bezos is one of our, you know, uh, most trusted <laughs> listeners. That's right. Uh, Jeff Bezos, hey. the person who really cares about this podcast in particular, and all of his employees. Mm. I heard that they all got handwritten letters for the holiday. All from Jeff Bezos? Well, I mean, listening to this podcast is their mental health plan. That is true, yes. Uh Laughter is the best medicine. Oof. Um, yeah. Yikes all around. Speaking of yikes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes, anyway. Thank you for tuning into our podcast as the world is on fire. Um, especially our country, which... Our meaning America. Yes, uh, the one we're in. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this current time, current day, I, we just had a coup attempt. So I hope that this is going to provide you a little mental health relief. And, yeah, get a few laughs in... And a break from the doom scrolling and the existential horror of the world. Cooted grass Tyson, is that anything? Is it? If the coup was coup with you, perhaps you listen to another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Uh, 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 so. Joseph Rogan. You ever think about that? No. His, name, his full name is Joseph. That is an interesting thought, though. It's not Thank you. it's not one thing that I, has occurred to me before. Um but I guess he wasn't born and his parents named him Joe. Although they could have. They could have. Uh, it's like little women. Or facts of life. <laughs> right? I don't know. Yes. Let's say yes. 
I believe it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just uh. watched a woman. Okay. So I'm looking out. I briefly looked out my window and watched Ooh. a woman from the second story take a little trash bag and throw it down into a trash can outside. Dope. <laughs> it was great. Larry Bird. <laughs> yeah. She looks... She's an elderly woman, and she's wearing a mask, a full mask, correctly, to dip dip her head out of her window and throw away her trash. It was great. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Ingenuity. Yep. Love it. If I could throw my trash out my window, I would too. Is that when a young, attractive woman is also inventive? Ingenuity? Yes. Thank you for picking up on ingenuity. (laughs) Beautiful. Ugh. I love it. It's so good. I love her. So what we're doing right now is not is not talking about a murder mystery. What are we doing? Uh, so we thought we'd try chatting with you among with you through chatting with each other. Um, Parasocial relationship. Yeah, uh, we've been doing a little soul searching. And we realized if you don't like us, then you're probably not going to like this podcast. So we're going to get it all out of the way at the beginning, giving you a little taste of what our flavor is. Uh, Uh And then if you're not a fan, uh, maybe don't stick around. We get it. It's okay. We're not for everyone. Or just, you know, hit that ahead 30 seconds button until you hear us talk about yeah, the the Poirot episode. Sure. Either way. You might like it still. I mean. It's hard to say mm-hmm. what people's yeah. tastes are. Yeah. So, Tristan. It's true. Speaking mm. of neighbors, you're my neighbor now. That's true. I live in your closet. <laughs> um, <laughs> this help. took a turn. <laughs> help. I'm trapped. I can't. <laughs> The piss bucket is next to the food, and I don't know what to do. Oh, like no. a cat, I won't eat. Um, no, I just recently moved apartments for reasons that you can learn through uh, DMing me on Twitter at Tristan J Miller One. Ooh, um, little, ga- little gossip. Brand is strong. <laughs> Gotta always. Um, but I recently moved to Astoria, Queens, which is where Melissa lives. But yeah, I, I have this nice little studio apartment. It's very folksy. Um, you might hear the refrigerator go off because it is five feet to my right. It makes noise. Be- yeah, as most refrigerators Well, wow, you are not socially distanced from your fridge. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I test it every day. And, okay. You know. As long as you're being safe. Yeah. 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 And then, then we make sweet, sweet love. <laughs> oh, that's help, a... help, I'm trapped in the fridge. Um, <laughs> Very special like relationship. Like from Christmas Story. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, oh. New year, new me. New uh, little, little crass. Uh, pushing it. Mm. Pushing it. Um, but yeah, story is great. Um, yeah, Tristan is now 10 minutes away from me. So... Mm. We can do things like wave at each other from a six foot distance <laughs> in person. Uh, yeah. 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 
um, it's only three minutes if you're scared uh, and you're running. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually routinely run by Tristan's block. I did this morning. And you didn't say hello. I do in my mind. Well, I woke up and I was like, oh. so that explains that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's startling. Um, you can sense me. Mere feet yeah. away. Yeah. 100%. It's like uh, Last Jedi when I, yeah, and I'm laying in a coma. Um, Do you have any tips for moving? How does yeah, the process thank go? <laughs> thank you, Tyler. For those of you who are unaware, I started a weekly humor column. Um, at, and that's available at Substack. Uh, it's tristanjmiller.substack.com. But my latest post is about how to move for cheap or free and it's some helpful tips and it's applicable to both houses and apartments it's also on my blog because the way it works is it's weekly if you give me money and it's bi-weekly if you don't and if you're a member of my patreon you get it for free but i'm not going to plug that because we have our own and that is that mm. tyler you read the piece was it any good I thought so. I found it to be quite delightful and helpful, even. I have it in my inbox. Do you guys have any resolutions this year? I kind of do. I actually have recently, in recent years, started to not make resolutions. But a couple of days before the new year, I decided to be more conscious about my water intake. So I got to hit that eight or nine glass a day mark. Because I am bad at hydrating, especially during the winter, when mm. it doesn't feel like I need water because I'm not hot. And, uh, yeah, it's a simple one. And it's something that you can do in a pandemic, is drink water. Unless it's in the water. It's turning the frogs gay. I mean, we can only Honestly. hope. Yeah. Can you imagine a bunch of little frogs at the Pride Parade? That's How so cute. cute. That I'm all for gay frogs. I don't like pandemics though much. That's Found cute. out. Didn't. Not a fan. <laughs> I was feeling like, I'm not sure. <laughs> like, how many of us watched Contagion and thought, ah, these idiots. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> now we know. How about you? Um, Tyler. Oh, uh, I decided to be a little bit more, um, taking into account my self-interest a little bit mm. more, mm. and being more selective in the things that I say yes to. Hey, yep. Mm. It's a good one. Which makes me appreciate you being here. Definitely. Well, that brings me to the next <laughs> oh, question. No! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Um, one of my resolutions was to do a weekly humor column and I write about resolutions in that weekly humor column you can go to (laughs) 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 the brand is strong always be Um, no I'm trying to get uh, absolutely cut that's my my, I'm trying to get jacked and uh, we'll see how that goes yeah, not like, not like, no, uh, like, uh, no, like, uh, getting ripped. 
So today we're talking about <laughs> season seven, episode one of Agatha Christie's Poirot, the Moida of Roger Ackroyd. Wow, that take it away. So first we were in the turning R's into W's uh, vocal thing that you do sometimes. And then yeah. we got into full, uh, what is it, Eddie from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, I was going Oh, uh, Eddie Valiant. Yes. Yes, uh, Bob Hoskins. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really, yes. uh, it didn't take that long to completely evolve. So no. we are talking about, as Tristan just said, the murder of Roger Ackroyd, as done by Agatha Christie's Poirot. And it's different from the book. Yes. It's very different from the book. Yeah, yeah, we start off, right, with Poirot at this bank where he's getting, like, this uh, safe deposit box, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, and in there, like, there's a bunch of... Like, assuming important things it's a safety deposit box <laughs> uh but he also he also pulls out this this journal stop <laughs> yes that's right he pulls out this journal and uh paro is giving like sort of this narration uh at the beginning of this episode he does it throughout uh at various points uh but this journal is all about uh the aforementioned murder of Roger Ackroyd. Him. Yep. <laughs> That's his name. Uh-huh. <laughs> the titular murder. Yes. Uh. So, Poirot has moved to the country and he's trying to grow vegetable marrows, which are squash. Yes, because mm-hmm. we had a big discussion when he read the book. Yes. We were like, what are... What, what are vegetable marrows? Yes. They're squash, and he's trying to grow the perfect one because he is, you know, very type A and particular and a perfectionist, of course. Fastidious. I just was so upset. I didn't want him to be so marrow-minded. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so he he's dealing with these marrows, and... A couple guys roll up, and he's tossing them back and almost hits one of them. And he talks about how he's retired, and he's trying to find a hobby. So. Because everybody should have a hobby. Now, um, one of the, is, is James, the doctor, introduced in this scene? Is this one of the fellas that shows up? James, because, yes, is that James Shepard, Dr. Shepard? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dr. Shepard shows up with the footman or... The secretary of... Um, yeah. Is it? Uh, yeah, Ackroyd. I'm yeah, Ackroyd. Yeah, the industrialist, I, I'm dumb. right? Yeah, okay. I'm done. <laughs> I just fully... My, my soul left my body. Um, but the reason I care about James Shepard is this. Here we go. He is played by... Ooh, who is he played by? Um, he is played he, by Oliver Ford Davies. Thank you. Now, um, you may recognize, much as I did, you may recognize Oliver Oliver Ford Davies as C.O. Bibble, one of my favorite Star Wars characters from the prequels, who 
doles out various bits of information and seemingly his role, his 10 lines that he has over the course of three films are all dedicated to just giving you information. (laughs) And he has a beautiful performance and I highly recommend you uh, look up the supercut of all of his lines. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it's, uh, he says, it's outrageous. It's unthinkable. At one point, which has become a meme, and you must contact me, which is also a meme. So, great performance from this, my boy, Oliver. So he is... In Star Wars? Yeah. and And also in this, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, He is also in Game of Thrones. Oh! And Johnny English. Oh, Johnny English is so good. He's also in, um... He plays Polonius in the David Tennant version of Hamlet. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> of course, everyone's like, yes, pop culture TV, pop culture. <laughs> David Tennant, Hamlet, got it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's clearly classically trained. Oh, yeah. Uh, very clear. Yes. I love A lot it. of diction in his delivery. I truly love it. Yes. And, yeah, so he's Dr. Shepard. He's Dr. Shepard, medicine woman, which is, I believe I made that same joke when he re- reviewed the book. Mm-hmm. Um, joke is generous. Um, <laughs> so he and the footman of Roger Ackeroid uh, take Poirot to the factory where Roger Ackeroid makes all sorts of potions and lotions and, and chemicals and uh, can melt, uh, has acid that can melt through through pennies for no good reason and and so forth and such like and uh we and meet Poirot Roger... lets us know what he thinks about these inventions too oh. <laughs> his face is just like ill <laughs> ill it's very good we... um there's steam coming out of stuff and he's very <laughs> we come to learn that Roger Ackroyd lives with his sister in law in law uh late brother is that right brother's dead yes okay it's just her and the her daughter yeah Mm -hmm. and her daughter is publicly about to announce that she is engaged to uh roger Ackroyd's ward ralph patton ralph patton Mm -hmm. is a young man who Roger Ackroyd took care of his whole life. Um, yeah. It's a whole thing. Um, so we come to learn pretty quickly that there is a character named... Um, what's her name? The older lady? Is it Caroline Shepard? No, that's not her. Uh, that's the sister of G- sister of James? Mrs. Ferrars, that's right. I'm trying to find these character names here. Mrs. Ferrars. Oh, like Dorothy. Okay, yes. Right, okay. Uh, Dorothy, her husband died a year ago. Uh, and pretty quickly in this episode, we see her take some pills the night before and go to sleep, and she never wakes up. Uh, she is dead in the morning, 
and everyone goes and inspects, or everyone's wondering if this is a suicide. Mm. And yes. it starts to come out that she has been having an affair with Roger Ackroyd and that her husband did not die accidentally, but that she murdered him and that she likely committed suicide because of the guilt. Um, and also we find out that she was probably being blackmailed. So who is this yes. blackmailer? We do not know. Mm -hmm. It is a big mystery. Yes. Don't Ralph and Roger have a row? Yes. Mm -hmm. They do. Ralph and Roger have a row. I don't remember what it was about, but I know I, it happened. <laughs> I do not believe it is revealed at this time. Okay. And then Ralph storms out. And he's like, screw you guys. I'm going home. He really is such a diva. And then from there, it's just like Roger and uh, he's just hanging out, right? Yeah. Uh, because they're all hanging out and he's up in his office with James and he's, they're having a conversation. Then James leaves and says to the butler goodbye. Um, what's the butler's name? The butler's Carter. name is Parker. Parker. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hawk I hardly. Oh! No, him. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so he speaks with parker who is um secretly spider-man that's not a joke it's just a something i remembered yeah it's just an observation <laughs> <laughs> just you know how two names are the same sometimes yeah you know that's something uh, you know mm -hmm. um but yeah so he says goodbye to parker and parker's like okay goodbye very very friendly um and i i want to say this uh, james is a very has a very warm presence and at one point he and poirot were talking and he fixes clocks for a hobby and he's like this weird sort of kind of eccentric doctor but he's still like he seems very pleasant to everybody in that in that way that is so typically english if that makes sense um I'd like you to explain yourself. Oh, sure. Just Warm kidding. but reserved. Um, easy enough. Uh, but he and Poirot get along on very, very well, is the point I'm trying to make. Yeah. Anyhow, he goes home and receives a call that Roger has been murdered. Yeah. And so he goes, oh, I gotta, I gotta go see about this because I'm a doctor. I'm the village doctor, so I have to examine the body, I guess. And uh, he shows up and Parker answers the door. He's like, well, your, your master's been murdered. He's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, what, was, do you think it's a prank? No, okay. Then they go upstairs and they burst through the door and it turns out he's dead. He's been stabbed. In the neck. A, in the neck, right in the jugular um, with a, a display dagger. I thought it was a letter Which opener. we had... I mean, it could dagger it letter could opener, either. same thing. Don't you use yeah. daggers to open your letters? I do. <laughs> and we had gotten uh, a, a glimpse of it at a point before when Flora was having a conversation in the office. Somebody was having a conversation in the office. Two people. Mm -hmm. Neither of them Roger. Yes. 
Yes. And then... <laughs> uh, Poirot comes in. Yeah. And he's like, Ah, oh, they keep dragging me back in. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, he makes reference to the fact at some point that, like, you know, when once you get into retirement, you realize you miss the busy days of investi- investigating, etc. Um, it's true. I mean, in my brief moments of retirement from whatever I do, I, I have found also... the busy days to be very compelling. Yes, Tyler. <laughs> we should also note that prior to his demise, uh, he alludes to Poirot that the woman who committed suicide was being blackmailed and he was going to figure out who blackmailed him. Yes. And Poirot said to be careful. This is a small town. Yeah. He was on the case. Uh, Yeah, he was... He had been in love with her. Or at least having an affair with her. So he was pretty invested in that. So... Uh, he starts investigating, but also, of course, investigating are the investigators, the police. And he goes to the police station, and the, pl- the investigator on the case on this uh, is having a discussion with someone who you don't see at first. This is a really, actually, really cool uh, well scene executed. in the way that they, yeah, the way they shot it. Because you don't see who he's talking to. And I think he's kind of griping about... Poirot or something or he's just like grumping about the case and how are we going to figure this out and then Poirot comes in and from around the corner comes Jap this scene almost made me cry yeah and because he's so happy to see Poirot and from going from that first season where he's like this little so-and-so getting up in my business to him going like so excited to see this guy and also Suchet delivers this great performance he makes a face that is so genuine like that if once again if you see it in like a movie or whatever you're like that's too much but it is the most realistic like contortion of seeing an old friend it's so good and both of them are so happy and Poirot goes up to like kiss him on the cheek and hug him and Jap's like uh, uh, <laughs> I'm very excited uh, to see you and- but still very uncomfortable with physical contact so we're gonna shake hands yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's lovely because like there was like a four-year gap between series six and series seven. Oh, in IRL oh. yeah okay oh that's great that's it's a really good scene, and uh, I watched it a couple of times because I was like, oh. Yeah, it's really sweet. They, I I want physical contact so much for everyone that I'm, like, rooting for characters to kiss all the time as they're going. I'm in. rooting for me to kiss all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> Yes, a side character in Melissa's life, Tristan. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. I just want I just want everyone to kiss more than usual. 
So what you're saying is the pandemic has made you horny. Yeah. You don't like it, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm a little... I think we're all in that boat. I'm a little <laughs> concerned that when it all, you know, comes... When we're able to have physical contact with people again, that I'm just going to end up kissing everybody. It's going to be really awkward. So... No, gonna... I'll see you in 2023. <laughs> 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 I am going to stick my tongue in so many mouths once this is all... <laughs> I'll see you in 2028. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I have seen so many tweets and drafted so many tweets of my own where it's just like, I am going to fully kiss everybody on the lips yeah. when I see them. I do not care. I know, right? <laughs> I just fully... Tyler is not in it. He is not about it. Have you ever accidentally kissed someone on the lips? Me personally, either of you. <laughs> is yep. this the okay? This is a question for the group. Yeah, I'm sure Melissa has her own answer. I've regretted. Well, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Very honest answer. Oh my gosh, have I accidentally kissed anyone? Melissa, you go while I think, please. Okay, so I was. This is in college because I was just so freaking tired, and I am pretty sure. I honestly don't remember, but I'm like going into a class and I saw my friend in the hallway and we gave each other a hug like normal. And I think I might have kissed him on the lips. I don't, I don't, oh my I, I, I do not know. In that moment, I didn't really know. And to this day, I'm like, did that happen? That's so So he weird. just like, he was cool about it. So he just oh, yeah. like let it go. He was completely fine with it. Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> Oh, I see. Uh, I think there was a light flirtation. So he was like, he seemed surprised and somewhat pleased. So that's why I think that happened. But like, I I, I went to a fugue state. I literally don't remember what happened. <laughs> it's and like when you person... call your teacher mom. Well, yeah. not so much for you, Tristan. Yeah, I was going to say, I was in high school. Uh, I did call her Teach for a while, and she hated that. <laughs> oh, I think that's fun, but that's fair yeah, enough. I called my dad by his first name for a week, and she's like, you knocked that off. Oh, fair. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. My parents would not have played that either. No, no. Um, I have I, that. I haven't... Have I ever accidentally kissed someone on the lips? I think so. Um, I, I like Tyler, have regretted it. I'll say this, the first time I kissed my, no, the second time I kissed my first girlfriend on the cheek, because we were going very slow, because we were very young, I accidentally gave her a bloody nose. Does that count for anything? <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, I was very sad. I My shoulder just hit her in the wrong place oh. for her piercing, her nose piercing. Oh. And it just like, it was so sad because she was leaving. And then I was like, oh, does anyone have a tissue? And we were shooting a student, like a, a film for German class for my friends. And so we were out in the woods. And so it was just the saddest thing on the face of the planet. And I walked her to her car and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, oh, God. The investigation is underway. Yes. And we have Jap at uh, Poro's side and going to talk about. The fact that in the book, it is actually Shepard who is, like, the Hastings of this one, like, his assistant. Yes. But 
they don't do that in this adaptation. It is Jap uh, that is helping him out as an investigator, actually, because that's his job. Anyway, uh, everyone suspects that it is our friend Ralph, Roger Ackroyd's yeah. ward, who is the... Uh, he had had an argument with him the night before, as we mentioned. And he also left very mm. quickly afterwards. Like, he... Fully dipped. Yeah, completely. He's nowhere to be found. And can I talk to you and to talk about it? There's this scene, one of my favorite scenes, where they go and they see the oldest man in the universe... He's been around. He's Methuselah. He's so old. How old is he? He's so old. That guy is dead. That's a Paul Tompkins joke. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he, he's the person that's the lawyer. He's a small country lawyer, but not in the John Grisham way. Um, <laughs> but he basically was like, uh, the the way it's divided up is like um, his his sister-in-law gets some money his her daughter gets some money but the majority goes to ralph which yeah. makes yeah. them suspect that ralph is in charge because he has the most to gain he had motive and opportunity yes um we also and he also left right he left immediately after the murder we also learn in the course of the investigation that the maid ursula had been dismissed the night before because 40 pounds had gone missing yeah. So obviously and that's a whole lot of money. Yep. So our friend the butler, Parker, is hanging out at a pub, talking about how much he yes. Because he's livid because they did the will reading and he didn't get tiddly twat. He didn't get anything. Right. And he knows all the secrets of everyone. Not even enough for a ninety nine flake. Exactly. Excuse. <laughs> Use? The 99 flake. It's soft serve vanilla ice cream and they put like a flake bar in it and it sold for 99 pound. Pound? Or quid or whatever the cents is. I don't remember. 99 pounds would but be you know a what very it expensive ice cream pence. cone. That sounds really good. 99 Mike Pence. Um, no thank you. Some of us. No thank you. At 99 pence, and it's got ice cream. Um, okay, well, that's that sounds quite nice. Yeah. So, he goes outside the bar. He's a little toasty. It is nighttime, and he sees a car coming towards him, and so he gets out of the way. And then the car fully turns around, <laughs> stares him in the face, and he's like, You've got plenty of room! And then the car yeah, promptly runs him over and kills him. Not only that, he runs him over and then backs up. Which is, if you're going to do that, the correct way to do it. But you got to do it, I think, more than... You got to be sure, is all I'm saying. You got you to gotta scratch that like a record. Am I right? Am I right, folks? Yeah, you do. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I just prefer like a tidier killing. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Myself, the, you, yeah. You know, this is way too messy. You don't want to have to clean up the too... car. 
Yeah, you could have like gunk in the tires now. They can like tie you back into the murder. Oh yeah. The oh, human gunk. There's I just mean... way too much evidence. If you're going to kill someone with a car, you have to make it look like a real accident and mm. make sure it's not traceable back to you. Yeah, like there is DNA all up in them grooves of the tires. Yeah, they didn't do DNA 1, back then. One thousand percent. At least. I mean, I know, but yeah, but still, it's a little different now. Yeah. This day and age, sure. you could never get away with that one. In this economy, unless you stole someone else's car to do it. But then you know you can trace it back to yeah someone's car getting stolen. There's yeah. like it's hey guys, it's so hard to commit a crime. It's really complicated to do a murder. And I recommend Washington that you don't. Washington keeps doing it. Ah. This, is my, this is me doing stand-up after. <laughs> mm-hmm. What feels like 40 years. Uh. So Poirot, everyone's very distressed that Parker is dead. Yeah, including Parker. Yeah, particularly. Uh, but in the meantime... They're like, well, I wonder if it had anything to do with Aykroyd's murder, too. So they're still trying to figure that out. So uh, Poirot goes to check out the maid's references, <laughs> which seems pretty weird considering she already had the job. But something isn't sitting right with Poirot. So he goes to meet the woman who had sent her recommendation and she's being a little shady, a little cagey about it. She doesn't want to give Poirot the full detail. And he's like, oh, okay, very good. No worries. Bye-bye. But it makes him all the more suspicious. And whatever he's putting together in his head keeps a churning. Yes. She's behaving, as the kids say, mad sus. That's right. Did you know that... My mother used that term. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And I was Very like, I- excuse? And she was like, uh, Taven, who is my, my nephew, he taught it to her. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. So Poirot's putting some stuff together in his brain, and Tristan has something to say about it. Yes, he goes and he visits uh, the daughter-in-law and bothers. they bother her, and she's by a pond moping. And I said out loud, push her in. Because I'm sick. <laughs> okay. Uh, but they find after she leaves, they like, she gets awfully offended and runs off in a huff. These two, these two women are very easily offended. Um, Those are the Ackroyds, right? Yeah, the Ackroyds. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. sister in law and her daughter. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Roger's niece. Precisely. Um, but Poirot finds a wedding ring in the. Uh, in the pond. And also, can I, while I'm in this space talking about the Ackroyd people, the, the sister-in-law is the dullest person I have ever seen portrayed on screen. She is fully not present as the character. The actor is doing a fine job. But the character is like, non sequiturring her in a conversation she is like making light of the situation and like is just fully like on another plane of existence i don't know it's she's fascinating to me 
is it me just like putting this on her or was it in the book that like she was a lady that would often find herself lost in the sauce as it were (laughs) uh no i believe in the book she's also like kind of flighty and uh as a dangling i think Um, that they uh actually tamped it down a little bit yeah, what Wikipedia says, Mrs. Aykroyd, the sister of Roger Aykroyd, is also not as zany as as in the book version. Mm. She is mm. very zany in the book. Yes. I think I remember there being like an entire chapter where she's oh. just going on and on. And I was like, yeah. this is unnecessary, yeah. but okay. Yeah. So they find this wedding ring, which adds to the mystery. From R, and there's a date which is March something. Which leads us to, um, they go back to London for a bit to talk to some folks, Jap and Poirot do. Mm-hmm. And then they visit Poirot's old apartment, which he still holds. He still, like, is renting that place. And like, oh, what a luxury. I know. But um, he, yeah, they actually go in and uh, there are... All of, like, he still has uh, all of his furniture is in there, but it's all covered up by, like, painting tarps or whatever. Yeah, drop curtains. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring this scene up is there's a moment that, to me, stuck out with Jap. And that's when he goes, who do we know whose name begins with ah? And since he's British, he says ah. And so his mouth shape is was because he he elongates the r sound and i was just fascinated by him going ah i'm like what is he at a dentist yeah i don't know it's just stuck out of like accents are nuts guys (laughs) that's all (laughs) that's all yeah articulating the letter r in a british dialect of any sort really is uh it does. It comes out uh, very. It's very interesting because Americans are like our like pirates. Yeah. We're all pirates. Um, <laughs> and northern people, people from the north. Yeah, in particular. Yeah, have that old sort of hard R. Anyway, it was just very, a very weird moment for me. But after investigating for a while, Poirot puts together. A little parlor reveal and he asks everyone to come and he tells uh so dr shepherd tells his sister caroline that he's going to this and she's like can i come and he says no it's only certain people but she tags along anyway mm-hmm. and kind of sits in the car caroline is a busybody yes and she has been overhearing a bunch of things mm-hmm. and she clearly has her nose in everyone's business in the small town I will also say this. Um, it is revealed before the parlor reveal that the maid was engaged to Ralph. Fully married to Ralph, rather. Fully married. Fully. His wife was the maid. Who's the maid? What's her name? Ursula. She, Ursula. So Ralph and Ursula are fully married, and Ralph is engaged to... Flora. Flora now. And this was revealed to Roger both by... Ursula 
and by Ralph. And that was the argument. Yes. That occurred. Yes. And then they met in secret in the gazebo, the gazebo. Mm -hmm. Gazebo. The gazebo. And, um, And then Ralph ran off and Ursula was fired and therefore became distraught once Poirot put an ad out in the newspaper that Ralph had been arrested right. um, in Liverpool. Yes. So she becomes distraught. They go to visit her. They learn all this information. And then Poirot calls for a part of the reveal. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. In this new year, new us, uh, loosey-goosey us, uh, same us, unfiltered. <laughs> um, that's not true. Is it? Who can say? Um, only us. Mm-hmm. There's a point to a sentence, eventually. Maybe a subject and some verbs. Um, <laughs> we're on the Scavengers Network. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and check out Oh, sorry, I need to do my announcer voice. You can go to scavengersnetwork.com and check out all the great content they have there. They got a bunch of great podcasts like Spooky Spouses, uh, where they talk about cryptids and weird stuff. And then uh, you got uh, Journey Under 30, which is a business podcast, a genre of podcast I've never listened to, but I might have a go at that. Um, it's about trying to be successful before the age of 30, as the name suggests. Oh, Passing no. it off to somebody else. You can... Under 30, that's so much pressure. My goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> 30 under 30. Wow. Media luminary. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, you can find us, in particular, on the social media at... That little at symbol. A-D-C pod. <laughs> On Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Find us on your podcatcher and wherever you're listening right now. Give us a nice five-star review. And hit that subscribe button. You can also send us an email. A nice, balanced email. (laughs) If you have anything to say to us. But what I would like you not to do is send us any uh, cases of real crimes because we, we have we have no capability to handle that. Uh, and as uh, much as we might want to help you, we really shouldn't. This is the Amateur Detective Club. Like, actually, mm-hmm. we shouldn't even probably call ourselves amateurs. <laughs> We're just a, a club. We're just people. What's the email? AmateurDetectiveClub at gmail.com. Hit it. <laughs> Hello, folks. Be sure to go to patreon.com slash adcpod. There you can find membership levels of your choosing. For a dollar a month, you can receive access to bonus episodes and content. At $3 a month, you can receive early access, plus the bonus episodes and content. And $10 a month, you can place an ad for yourself or your business during the show. Plus, receive all previous benefits. We can now offer Discord benefits. Hey! 
as well, which Tristan will tell me about. Okay, so if you you don't know what Discord is, it's a it's um, it's what a, a, a New Yorker asks a musician to play. Will you play Discord um, or Datcord? Uh, anyhow, no, it's a basically um, a chat room. It's really just a chat room. Um, but at all levels, you have access to Discord if you want to like message us. And um, after we're done recording, I will explain to Melissa and Tyler how to download the application and receive notifications on that. Oh, I in have case it. You want to get up? Oh, okay, good. Um, I'm just not on ours. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Point being, you can get a hold of us there as well. We're trying to make ourselves more accessible. Or you to can everybody. just talk to each other there. Yes. Discuss your favorite Poirot memes, your favorite episodes, what you hate about my voice, etc. Do you also appreciate racism <coughs> in the episodes that we discussed? <laughs> what a well-placed cough that was, Tyler. Oh my gosh. Uh. Visit patreon.com slash ADCpod now with Discord. Agatha Christie wiki, it mentions that Agatha Christie acknowledged that the character of Caroline Shepard was a precursor, possibly, to Detective Miss Marple. And that's fun. Mm. Bit of trivia. I liked it. Thought you might, too. I did. Yeah. So, we are in our little parlor reveal, and Poirot reveals that Ursula was married to uh, Ralph. And Flora takes it really well. She's just like, you know what? I get it. If I were Roger, or not Roger, uh, Ralph, I would have done probably the same thing. It's all good. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to no Flora shouting. for being yeah. real cool. Yeah. Uh, but, so they're talking about where's Ralph been? Why isn't he there? And he quickly appears back in the house. Very happy to see his wife. And uh, he reveals that he had been pressured to go because because he had had that fight. Of course, they would have suspected yes. him. Yes. Um, he had been hiding in a nursing home because of the fact that everyone would have been looking at the hotels. And Poirot is like, who had the pull to do that? And he looks over at James Shepard and he's like, oh, yes. Well, I wanted to help a, a brother out, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, that's exactly what he says, word for word. That is exactly what he says. Yeah. But yeah. So James hid him away because of some sort of concern, because of the concern that he would be framed. Right. So in his parlor reveal, Poirot does not actually reveal the murderer, but he says he knows who it is. Because he has a telegram. Yes. So he kind of sends everybody away and then asks Jap and Dr. Shepard to hang back. 
He says that uh, the person will be arrested tomorrow. He tells everyone that. Yes, and they end up going to the factory of Roger Ackroyd to to have like a private meeting. Yeah, they end up there somehow. Well, they're in the they're in an office, and then they end up at the factory. Right, because the uh, the parlor is in the office of yeah. Roger Ackroyd at the factory. Right. There you okay. go. Yes. yes. It's not a real parlor. It's just an office. So <laughs> so they're up in the office, and uh, they're having the chat, and Poirot says he wants to hear their theories about the case. And he asks Shepard to go first. And Shepard's... Meanwhile, yes. right? Caroline is in the car, mm-hmm. snooping around, uh... <laughs> Somebody's glove box. Whose car was she? Her brother's. James. James. Okay. Yeah. Eating chocolates. Reading his diary. Reading his diary. Yeah. Yeah. And she finds, wait for it, a gun. Yep. A revolver. I hardly. hardly. (laughs) (laughs) It works. Uh. So, So, yeah, she's reading this diary and hanging out in the car and i've been there (laughs) yeah right he keeps it's like twitter she's basically just sitting on uh her phone reading twitter but before phones so (laughs) (laughs) you know what you're not wrong you're absolutely correct what is a twitter feed if not a a, a public diary Mm -hmm. so he's starting to go on about it and he ends up talking himself into a confession. Yes. It gets very emotional. Yeah. And. Um, mm-hmm. Before he fully confesses, though, Caroline comes in because she reads the journal, which he has been keeping, which is the journal that Poirot is reading at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And he she is like, don't say anything any, anymore. Please don't. And he's like, I already messed up. But what does he confess to? So he knew that Mrs. Ferrars, which is a name I can't say really well, had been having this affair with Roger Ackroyd and that she had killed her husband the year before. And he, James, was the one who was blackmailing her. Roger put this together. And so... Um, basically, he ba- blackmailed her into killing herself, Mrs. Ferrers, right? And so, yeah. uh, because Roger was looking into this, he's trying to convince him not to, uh, trying to talk him out of it, but he's quite determined, and so he stabs Roger in the neck with this dagger. Yes, because he thinks that will cast a wider net of suspicion because he originally had a gun. Right. And then they were like, well, if it's in the if the weapon is in the room. Now, he also we kind of failed to mention this going forward, but it's kind of a throwaway. It's the dictaphone. Yeah, it's a much bigger deal yeah. in the book, I feel like. Huge deal. Right. Uh, which is part of what makes the book so cool. Um, is that he sets up the dictaphone to call to make a phone call after Roger has already died. Yes, to produce the idea that 
he is still alive at what 10:30 or something. Right. So But James has that conversation with Roger, he kills him, he goes out, he makes sure as everyone knows that he's leaving, he comes back in, frames Ralph by putting a shoe print, which we also didn't mention, but it's whatever. Yeah. Um and then he, you know, comes in going, Your your master's been murdered and he bursts through the door and then uh while Parker's getting the police, he quickly puts away the dictaphone which he's hidden. Mm-hmm. And he puts it in his bag, and then he moves the chair back, and then um, he almost gets away with it. Yep. But Poirot's too quick for him. So they end up having a bit of a chase, because after confessing, Roger runs down into the main factory, and he's running... James. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, James... No, this dead person's this running... This zombified <laughs> corpse comes back! <laughs> so James Shepard's running around the factory with a gun that he now has in his hand, and after some running, stands dramatically on top of a bridge staircase in the factory and shoots himself in the head, so he falls over the bridge when he dies. Trey dramatic. Yeah. And this whole time, he's been shooting at Poirot and Jap, and um, Jap has been counting the the bullets, because it's a revolver, it has six shots, he's fired five, and then the final one goes into him. Um, and it's actually kind of a fun bit of business, because Jap is clearly trying to goad him into shooting, so he doesn't have any more shots, mm, Yeah. so he can, um, you know, capture him. And... It crossed my mind. I'm like, why doesn't the chief inspector of Scotland Yard have a gun? And then I'm like, I forget England does guns differently than we do. Yeah. In America, which is probably a good thing. But I was just like, in any American version, it would just be a gunfight as opposed to this whole business of like trying to get them done with the bullets. Anyway. Yep. Which is why I think we have more procedurals than we do uh, mystery. Because hmm. it's just so easy to be like, well, and then he shoots him. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought just of it that opinion. way. That is a very good point. Hmm. What a bummer. Okay. What a bummer. And then it ends with Poirot putting the book back in the safety deposit box and he keeps this whole who did it a secret as a favor to an, a friend that died essentially right but it seems like he's back in london back on the case and then also it, the ending shot is absolutely beautiful because it goes through and he goes through like several doorways and the the keeper of the keys or whatever of the safety deposit box is shutting off his the light and then he's framed in the doorway silhouetted he puts on his hat like the opening and then lights out and credits yeah so tyler you want to kick us off what'd you think sure um 2.5 i thought it was uh, a serviceable episode of poirot i really thought at the beginning the way it kicked off i was like oh boy this is about to be a five like i can feel it in my heart and soul and then I couldn't really focus after about 10 minutes. And I was like, all right. Like, I remembered, like, enough of the book to, you know, not be lost in what I was watching. But it did not hold my attention. 
And then Jap appeared, and it brought it back up. And I was like, oh boy, we're going to get into some fun stuff. And we did, a bit. Uh, but I wish we had, like, a little bit more time with just Jap and Poirot catching up a bit. We There was a scene where they do go past uh, Poirot's old apartment and office. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I, I wish we had a little bit more of that. I know that's not what the plot is, but it's what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, all in all, I think all the performances were fine. Um, it just, yeah, I don't know what about it didn't hold my attention, but my attention wasn't held throughout. Uh, there were like moments where I thought things were pretty cool. I thought the uh, sequence at the end, like with a shootout uh, in the factory, was really cool. The way that they shot the um, murder of the footman or Parker, I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was fine. I will give this a four. Um, I've thought about it, and I'm giving it a four. I really enjoyed it. It was really funny. All the humor came from character-based rather than jokes, which is always some of my favorite stuff. Um, the sequences that Tyler mentioned were very, very fun. I'll say this as well. The whole episode, whoever was doing the cinematography for this episode, uh, really, really good. There's a lot of really beautiful shots where the camera moved for the first time in the series um which was great um yeah it was really really a joy to watch and that moment with Jap and Poirot really really warmed my heart and I don't know like I laughed out loud several times I can't remember at what because I as we'll discuss later on in took so much information watching this and then the other piece of media we're going to be covering later on back to back um so yeah, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I think as an adaptation of the book, it, it's fine. I have no issues with it in as much as, you know, you have to make certain changes when you're changing a piece of media from one to the other. It was a joy seeing um, Oliver for Davies in anything. I, I think that's that gives it higher marks, but that's just, for me, finding that amusing. Um, but yeah uh yeah four it's a solid episode enjoyed it quite well this is fun i think i'm gonna be the grumpiest about this uh episode yeah (laughs) so i think what it actually is is a three three point five uh some of the cinematography and whatnot and some of those scenes really are great as you both mentioned um i hated the adaptation so I'm uh, more, like, I wanted to give it, like, a two. Um, yeah. So the tricky thing about this is the book is written in first-person narration, and it is an unreliable narrator. It's um, it's a big one for Agatha Christie. It was the third Poirot novel, only the third one. Uh, But because of the way it was written, especially, it became very influential in, you know, the mystery world. Um, And what we have with the novel is James Shepard acting as the Hastings in this, but also narrating the entire book and 
misleading everyone through it because he is trying to cover up his own crime. And it is yeah. a fan, fantastic uh, device that she uses with this unreliable narrator. Uh, and the end is especially shocking because there is not a big chase in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And he he kind of just quietly commits suicide in his own office and reveals it to us through this journal he's writing, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think that's so much more compelling than what happens in uh, this adaptation of it. Now, I do completely fully recognize that certain limitations... Uh, happen because of the media. It is really hard to do a first-person limited point of view in a TV show. But I think that you could could in at least feature him more. Um, I love Jap. I love having him there. And I don't know if it was a contract thing or the reason why, but, like, he's not in the book. And it makes it so much more compelling to me um, that it was Shepard helping Poirot the whole time. And so I, I'm really having trouble grading this one standalone because I love the book so much um, and I'm completely biased and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, my grade kind of comes from a similar point of view, Melissa. The book is fantastic. It's probably my favorite of the Poirot novels I've read. Yeah, same. Um, and so for me, it was like, okay, it's impossible for them to correctly, ad- quote unquote, adapt it. So I just threw that out right away. And to your point as well, Tyler, it also kind of made it harder for me to focus because I knew how it ended. And it was like, okay, well, how are they going to make this work? And that was interesting. So I was trying to come from a place of just enjoying the episode, but I absolutely understand your frustrations with the limitations of an hour and a half television show with to adapting what is probably my favorite mystery novel. Yeah. So I'm with you. No. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't get past it. Like I just couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't grade it on. I had to grade it, grade it on my curve. <laughs> yeah. Which is absolutely fine. Yeah. I think I gave the book like a nine when we first did it. And uh, yeah, that might've actually been too, like it was, you know what? No, nine is about right because there is some like extra. I want to read it again. I want to read it again. And I know I listened to it as an audiobook, So I might want to sit down and mm. read the paper version. Um, sure. But yeah, uh, it's probably my favorite novel that we've read so far. I, I just had too much trouble getting past that. Understandable. I think a lot of people have. Yeah. I would love to hear the consensus on Reddit. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, yeah, and listen, Suchet is beloved and, like, the quintessential Poirot, I completely agree, but, like, I wish he had gotten, because I know there's been other adaptations of this, and I'm curious about them, Mm. Um, Mm. but, like, I wanted him to get a better version of this story, because it's such a good story, and to see, like, I feel like it just could have been done better, and I think that that's what's hanging me up about it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, next week. Yes. Next week on the Amateur Detective Club, Lord Edgware dies. 
a beautiful actress becomes the prime suspect in the murder of her tyrannical husband, except that she has a cast-iron alibi for the night of the crime. Bum, bum, we read this one as a short yes. story? It's a short yeah. story, yes, I think. Did. Yeah. Yes. Exciting. Um, because I kept saying in which Lord Edgware dies. Oh, yeah. Um, you did. Yeah. We have that to look forward to. Nope. <laughs> uh, Wait, did I read this on my own or as part of the pod? I think you read it uh, when you were a listener. Okay. Along with us. Gotcha. Because we covered most of Poirot Investigates with our previous host. Hmm. Um, is, is that it? Yeah, how do we end this podcast? <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'll call the am- this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gaffle sound. It's outrageous. Outrageous.